Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 83. Thank you for joining us. Today, John and Chris Bates make a return to the Colby Cast, and we're joined by my wife, Maggie, to discuss standardized testing. We discuss why and what to test, and the information that testing can and cannot highlight. Our guests share some wonderful advice and insights into making testing a successful experience. John and Chris also provide details of the testing services now available through Colby Academy. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. We have some familiar voices back with us today. John and Chris Bates from the academic advising department. Hello, friends. Hi there. Hey, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having us back. Sure. It's great to have you back. Great to see you. John and Chris made their Colby Cast debut on episode 31, Veteran Homeschoolers, and then returned for the cast party that was episode 50. Chris also contributed to our Kids in the Kitchen episode that was a part of our Colby Cast convention last summer. As always, we'll have links to those episodes in our show notes. Today, we have the great joy of meeting Mrs. Maggie Hayden, wife of Colby Cast co-host Stephen Hayden. Welcome to the Colby Cast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this. It's great. It's great to meet you, really. Our topic today is standardized testing, something we can probably all recall taking and perhaps something that looms large over us now as Colby parents. State laws vary widely regarding whether students must take standardized tests at all or periodically. And for help with that, we refer you to the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And yes, we have an episode we'll link to about that. But today, our goal is to canvas the options available to families through Colby's enhanced and expanded testing offerings and also discuss the benefits of testing early in the school years. So there are things that I was not even aware of until we began preparing for this episode, and I'm eager to hear all about it. Let's start though, but let's get to know Maggie a bit better. We've had the, the joy of working with Stephen here the past several months, and now we get to meet Maggie today. So Maggie, would you tell the audience about yourself and your homeschooling background and whatever else you'd like us to know about you? Sure. Yeah. Well, I've actually homeschooled myself from seventh grade up through 12 when I was, you know, back in the day when it was, nobody did it and it was right. weird. And, um, <laughs> It was, it was kind of exciting. And for me, testing really was just a one-time thing. I one day just, you know, took the test and I think maybe, maybe once, maybe twice. And that was kind of it. It was not as much of a thing then, but you know, after um, college and uh, when we had our first child, I started thinking about that. Of course, you you get most concerned when you have your little five-year-old and nothing else. And you think (laughs) you have to focus on that. So we, we've done a lot of, you know, I've had my children, my oldest now is in college, our, our oldest is in college, and um, I have 10th, 8th, and then 5th and 2nd. So, okay. you know, we're, we're in it, and every stage test in testing has been a, a normal part of every school year. And then I've worked with literally thousands of students. Yeah. Was, was it really thousands? Yes, it's thousands since, the, yeah. um, since 1998 teaching students, working with them. Since I worked a lot with high schoolers, I got to kind of 
see a lot of different things with testing and worked with kids with testing and encouraging them to test. And I've worked with many families over the years, just kind of doing something similar to advising, consulting with moms who are homeschooling and helping them out. So that's my um, my background. So I've, I've certainly done a lot with standardized testing and homeschooling. And I know, too, about the states and requirements and all of that um, from administrative things, kind of referring people to HSLDA, as you said, and things like that. Yep. Right. We really have a dream team here. John and Chris, it's great to see you guys again. I always enjoy speaking with you. And it's fun. My daughter, one of my daughters is in Chris's baking club this year. It's been that's been a lot of fun to see. And I like to um, crash those meetings sometimes just so I can wave at Chris and tell her hello. And then my daughter's like, Mom, <laughs> you know how it is. So I have to duck out. And uh, um, what have you guys been up to? How have you been? Catch us up a little bit. Well, uh, we've been busy with our, our <laughs> own crew of homeschoolers here. And um, like you mentioned, the baking club. And uh, I also run the sewing club and John with all of his other Colby duties. But uh, something we have been working on recently, we have a, uh, a batch of mid-year testers that are going through their online tests. So that's pretty much the, what's going to be taking our week up um, wow. this week. It's always, it's kind of exciting uh, being on the other end, the proctoring side of those exams. But after a few rounds of John and I kind of team attacking what we have to offer, it's really been a great experience. The online exams are actually uh, very, uh, how would you say, John? They're, um, they're really self, they're very efficient, very self-explanatory. Uh, as long as uh, the due diligence has been done uh, in advance prior to the tests being taken. As long as they ha- they they have everything required on the software and hardware side, and the students are are prepared mentally for the test, it's it's really quick. Um, they log in, they take the exam, they either move to the next exam right after, or they can take a small break. They can communicate uh, with us if they need like to take a, a quick break to get uh, get a drink or use the restroom and come right back. Uh, if they have questions, we can't obviously can't help them with any any questions on the material. But if they have like a technical question, we can kind of walk them through or we can get on uh, on the phone with their parents immediately and try to walk them through any snags they might come across. So it's uh, really been a great experience. And in fact, uh, our own students were the guinea pigs. So <laughs> when we thought, oh, you know, this would be a, um, a great opportunity for our Colby students, like, hey, let's, let's try it out on our own kids. And we were kind of able to pick our way through some of the bugs and like, okay, this is, this is how we can do this with multiple students at the same time. And even if that means pulling up five computers at the same time, having a standard screen and an incognito screen running at the same time, we can test large amount of students at the same time. So it's, wow. it's fun. <laughs> a little bit of a circus, but it's fun. <laughs> I just had no idea. You guys have, been, have to have been working on this for a while. It's not just like, hey, let's just offer this online. Okay, tomorrow, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that has to go into that, I'm thinking. And what a time for it, really, when the, this is such an ideal opportunity for, for homeschooling families to make use of this service when it has, you know, it's been, it's always been challenging to find test sites for homeschoolers, all the more so now. What a jewel to add to the array of, of offerings that are already in place. Yeah. I meant to ask you though, John, so you're project manager now, what does that mean? What, what are you managing? What kind of projects do you got going? Probably this, right? So as as project manager, essentially, I, I report to the executive team. 
And when they have special projects that need to happen, you know, when we're experiencing a, a good fortune of growth right now, which means that we can do more for our families to provide them more services and, and support. So whatever, whenever there is a new initiative that spans multiple departments, that's where the executive team brings me on to help manage the communication between those departments. Because, you know, uh, a homeschooling school like Colby can get a little insular, just like a homeschooling family could. So they need yeah. somebody to help them communicate and to coordinate uh, actions over time. So some of the things that I've been working on have obviously been establishing a standardized testing program. Before March of last year, we were only exploring an online testing option. So between Chris and I, we just did some market research, cold called a lot of companies who offered offered national uh, normed testing services online and tested a few of them out until we landed on the Iowa standardized assessments. Uh, the other side, the other side of that is revitalizing our Terra Nova testing program. Through age and, and turnover, uh, the program had kind of gotten a little stale and we stopped offering it to our families for this past school year. Now that we've had a, an uptick in ability and resources, we've reestablished the program and we're shipping Terra Nova to our families who want to have a paper-based solution. All in, in with the goal, uh, which, which was communicated to me from, from our CEO and our COO, uh, Mary and Chris, we want to offer things to our families, even if we don't make any money off of it. We don't want them to go anywhere else for any service that we could offer to our families. And it's all towards growing that depth of customer support and services to our families so we become a holistic community where we can find things within each other. That's fantastic. And it fills such a need. That's great. So let's talk about why and what to test. We use this term standardized testing to apply to all kinds of different tests from young to college entrance exams. So let's start with in the younger, the school years, the Colby years, really. Why and what would we want to be testing? Personally, from a Colby parent standpoint, um, I, I I wanted to see, and uh, for my own benefit, to see how my children were progressing and to say, okay, am I doing the best thing for my own children, making sure they're, they're meeting those marks and wh where do they really fall within the grand scheme of things? Uh, also, just hitting those state requirements. I know we were doing our standardized testing, even uh, those years I was uh, just a uh, Colby homeschool parent, I wanted to make sure they were, um, that we were providing the state with everything they required. And just mostly for my own personal benefit to make sure, okay, yes, they, they're hitting those marks. And my kids love those tests. They're like, I get to fill out little bubbles because we, we did the paper tests for, for many years. 
and, and they love that. They're like, I have multiple choice. I don't have to write an essay. Woo. <laughs> so they, they, they actually enjoyed those tests. It was a, it was like a fun, uh, a fun cap to the year. I never made a big deal about it. It was just like, all right, let's have a nice breakfast and knock out some fun little bubble tests. <laughs> and, um, and they did, they did fantastic. And it was um, a real boost as a parent to see that, yes, this Colby curriculum really works. And I am seeing them bloom and I'm seeing the progress that they're making. And uh, in, in comparison with uh, national standards, I love seeing them hit those marks and, and seeing them progress in that sort of way. There's nothing more exciting than uh, getting your results back and see like your grade equivalent scores for a fifth grader be like a 10th or 11th grader. You're like, okay, we must be doing something right in this area. Yes, and seeing uh, our special needs students and making sure that they're at least following grade level and where they do struggle in those standardized scores, it's it's one of those, okay, I, I, I already know I need to work harder on those areas with my student. And this is just another added proof that yes, these are, definitely areas we are struggling in and we need to maybe shift gears and focus uh, towards improving that this next year. Right. Maybe show some areas that might not have been, might not have realized that they might need a little bit more. Yes. And most of them as a homeschooling parent, knowing that those, those deficiencies are there. So it's like, I, I know we're going to struggle here. And now I have the proof. Yes, we are struggling. Let's, let's hit this hard this next year. And, and hey, there's, you know, no, uh, no harm, no foul. Let's just keep keep moving forward. Right. So ultimately, there are two main reasons. You care about your child and, and you want to know where they stand on subjects. And you're, as a homeschooling family, you're the, you're the administrator for the homeschool program and you need to meet those state and local requirements for reporting. So there's two big reasons right there. Yeah. Concern for where your, ki- your children are and concern for meeting state requirements. Sure. What do you think, Maggie? You have a lot to offer on this with your own children and all of the students you have served over the years. Yeah, I think a lot of it is exactly what's, you know, what has been said. I mean, those are the big reasons. I guess I'd add to it, because you are concerned about your children, you're also trying to get them comfortable with the situation and preparing them for high school tests that are really going to matter about college entrance or could so it's really nice. I've seen it being really a benefit for children who have tested all the way along because when they get there, it's like, oh, no big deal. I've done this a million times in the past and I know what to expect. I've seen two different responses in high school from children who have not ever tested. Sometimes it's like, oh, cool. What's this? I don't know. I'm just going to do it. And they either do really well or really badly. And then you have to kind of deal with that. That sometimes it's like, oh, no, a dreaded test. What am I going to do? And they just completely panic. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've seen no downside to testing children young and doing it consistently. Because if you do that, then it's going to really help with high school and those tests when they really matter. But also, it is really exciting as a parent. You know, you do get that sense. I always tell families, like, You sort of know sometimes when something isn't working or this area is really good and you need that outside check on, you know, on things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I mean, I remember once being completely surprised with a child who I thought couldn't spell doing really well on the spelling test. 
but that actually fostered a conversation about, okay, so how come you did really well on that? But when I give you a spelling list, you know, half of them are wrong. And the child looked at me, kind of giggled and said, well, you'll correct it. And, um, and it's easy when it's just a list and I have to choose the right one. I can see which one is right. So that told me kind of where our direction needed to go with that area, you know, and what we needed to focus on. And it wasn't just blanket spelling. It was this particular thing or that particular thing. So that's, that is kind of an example. And I've seen that with so many families who, especially when they're new to homeschooling and they think they're, you know, their little second grader should be writing a, a 10 page research paper and they don't know. And it's just nice to have that test and the test come back and hear, oh, actually my kid did really well and they're meeting all the goals. So it can be really helpful for that too. But other than that, it's exactly the reasons that we're, you know, that we're given. You care about your children. You you want to make sure that they're they're prepared and they're doing everything that they need. You're doing everything that you need and that they're not terrified of this. And then meeting requirements and you know state requirements when you have them, of course, very important. And I have to say, just a little plug here, Colby did a good job in picking the tests yeah. because I used to look at every state and see what their test requirements were. And these two tests are, are approved by most states. So you always want to check your own state's requirement, you know, with HSLBA to make sure. These two are very reputable, accepted tests in, in most states. So, you know, chances are good that one of these two is going to be really helpful. The other thing that's neat is I like that we have a paper and an online test. Um, that's really cool too, because sometimes parents are terrified of the computer, you know, and they, they think they need the paper test. And so they have that option. But also once you get them, once you have somebody they can actually talk to and get the support that, you know, John and Chris are talking about giving, that's really huge because there's a fix right there for them. And hopefully that will encourage some people to do that. And then if they alternate, sometimes do online and sometimes do paper, that bubbling can be really valuable. I have talked to so many children over the years who skipped a bubble and bubbled down wrong. So everything was one off. And so even just seeing that working on techniques of double every five, that's a huge thing. So, yeah. yeah. Like the aspect is learning the, the language of testing. I've seen that some so with some of our kids as well that, you know, of course, like the the curriculum that that you're using in Colby is just to is not based on the test. It's just to give you a great formation. But I've seen children that just naturally kind of interpret what the questions are asking, and then others that are like, "This is different than anything that I've seen before." So even just that ability to say, "Okay, they're not trying to trick me, or they're not trying to do these things. This is the way I need to read the question and how I need to answer." I thought I think that's that ends up being very valuable just to kind of build that extra skill beyond the Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And I that over the years, looking at kids taking tests, when I see their test results, that's usually an area where I have to encourage moms sometimes have your kid take more tests because your child is really nervous when it gets to a math problem, but it doesn't look exactly the way it did in their math book. And that's just a sign you need a lot of exposure and then you'll be fine. So, you know, sometimes with some people, it's even 
I've even encouraged testing twice a year towards the beginning and at the end, you know, like after they have like a month or two in and then at the end of the year, just so they have a couple times to practice this skill. It can be really important for yeah. some people to do a lot. Yeah. Well, it makes such a difference knowing what to expect, right? That can really yeah, right. bring down that anxiety level about what's this going to be like and can I even do this if you just going through it once? Yeah, it's right. a whole different story after that, yeah. Right. To have the options and the, the flexibility to, to go both routes, that's can only help everybody going forward. That's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. Now, as a parent that's seen both the, the, the traditional homeschool side and the online side, uh, I really appreciate us being able to offer both both types of testing because you have um, the, the new crops of st uh, students that went straight from uh, traditional brick and mortar schools to straight into online programs. And that's that's what they know. They're familiar uh, with the, the online style of learning. And so, so they're prepared to take those online tests. And then you have students like mine, when they first took the online test, they were like, okay, there are buttons we have to push. I don't know which one we go, <laughs> which one does what. And so there was a big learning curve, but the test, it was very, very simple for them to learn. It's, you know, just uh, point and click. And uh, even for my last year's kindergartner, it was, it was very easy to jump in and, and kind of um, figure it out. But uh, to also have those paper tests, because I know my students, even though they, they thought that the online test was exciting and new, they still enjoy the paper tests a lot more. There's something gratifying about filling in those bubbles that they, they enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I really like Maggie's idea of kind of going back and forth and having that exposure to multiple types of tests. So if they have those, those college entrance exams and things like that, they want to have that type of exposure and uh, being prepared for, for whatever might come at them. One of the uh, addi additional benefits I like about having the online testing option is Colby Academy is it's a global school. We have students worldwide and where it becomes difficult to, to mail things off by parcel to like South America, I can still, you know, through the beauty of the internet, I can still administer a test to these students, whether or not it applies in their state and local government or if it's just for the benefit of seeing where their student is at with Colby Studies, I could administer this worldwide with very few restrictions. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, try chipping some of those things to other countries. It's impossible. It's wonderful news to me to hear about these many expanded offerings that Colby has. Let's hear more about the Iowa test and the Terra Nova test. Are there others as well that you offer? So our online option is our Iowa assessment, our form e-assessments, and that we can administer from kindergarten all the way up through 12th grade in, wow. in with an Iowa online assessment. Although what I would recommend is as you get to 10th, 11th, 12th, you might want to start looking at PSATs and SATs instead or, or the CLT. Okay. Uh, but we have the ability to administer online from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade with Iowa. The Iowa test, it really consists of reading, written expression, math, science, vocabulary, and spelling. And there may be one or two additional pieces in there, like a word analysis. 
And depending on what grade, there's also punctuation, uh, capitalization, spelling, and then there's an additional math portion, the computation. So there's math, there's normally two portions to the math test. And then at the end, they give you an extra, oh, here's your extra math test. It's uh, uh, just regular calculations. Okay. So it, it, it covers those fundamentals really well. Uh, conversely, our paper-based option, our Terranover 2, or our CAT 6, our California Achievement Test 6, you need to know both of those depending on what state you're looking at and what, who accepts which, which nomenclature on it. But our Terranova 2 goes through reading, math, science, social studies, vocabulary, spelling, and math, mathematical computation as well. The difference between that is obviously we don't, Colby doesn't have a focused social studies program, but these are the common things that you pick up with our history programs as, as part of that classical learning. So you'll still get those fundamentals about who was George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, you know, how does the United States government structured, you, you still get those social studies things. I've had some parents say, hey, we don't, you don't have a class for this. How can I prepare my student for it? You pick it up. There are some other supplements, you know, beauty of being a homeschooling family. You can supplement with any subject you want to. You can even throw some Japanese in there. So we, those are our two options. So Iowa is online only. Terra Nova is paper only. Paper-based, yes. Okay. So our Iowa assessments are administered in two or three-day uh, sessions. Our kindergarten through fifth grades will do over three days because during our, our pilot testing, we found that some of our younger students just don't have the bandwidth to sit there for two and a half straight hours or more. Yeah. So we split it sure. up into three days. Uh, on the other side of that, our six, six and higher all the way up to, to 12th grade, they tend to fly through faster than what Riverside Insights estimates is needed for that test. So they'll burn through those that reading faster than what's allotted for it. So we break that up into two days. So you have your three-day or your two-day option. For Terranova 2, the times that you have, uh, it's about a two-and-a-half to five-hour test cumulatively. But the way that we, we offer it to you as a service is you have this on a, on a rental period for 21 days. So you could administer one portion of the test at a time. You could do it all in one sitting. It's really up to you, the parent, as the in-person proctor on how long you want your student to be sitting there and taking that paper-based test. That sounds good, especially if you're just getting started with it or if you have some a child with a lot of anxiety about it or any number of reasons why you might want to kind of go slow and study on it. Yeah. Or as Maggie was saying earlier, when she spoke to the part where if you need to have a student that, that has maybe some special needs or may need the parent to intervene and read some of the questions or uh, assist in some way. Yeah. yeah, I've actually even had students where just knowing a particular section was going to be really scary for them. You can actually, as a parent, if they're young enough, hide that section. So if you don't want them to do a particular section because you know with this child with their learning needs it's going to be bad and it's a first experience especially you want it to be fun and positive the paper test you know there's nothing you don't have to click through something or 
it's just, it's easier to control that. So if you had a child who was nervous or had very specific areas you tried to avoid, the paper test is always better for them to, to just to give them that first experience. Because if it's on a computer and it says, choose an answer, they think I have to choose an answer. The computer is telling me nobody argues with the computer. So it's, that can be stressful for those sorts of students. That's a great point that you have more flexibility and control that way. Yeah. Chris and I actually, with our, one of our online tests, we had a student, the family just wanted the math portion of the Iowa test. The student wound up doing the whole thing anyway, because he paid for it and it was there. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those, those flexible options to our families. Uh, You just have to be aware that when you do a single subject, just for an assessment, you'll get the raw score, but you won't get the national, uh, the national norm equivalents across a grouping like reading, written expression. They're all compressed into a language proficiency score, but, but they all get averaged because they're all related subject areas. Okay. Yeah. Like the, you don't get like a core composite and a basic, like you get, you don't, and you don't get the, the whole, if you don't take one of the language sections, you're not going to get the whole language score, subscore, subtotal, and then you won't get the core. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the support from Colby during and after the, the test, I know that probably looks different for the online administration and also the, if you rent the paper tests. We provide a, a very robust and responsive support and services to anybody who is signed up and uh, for taking our tests. If you're doing an online, our online Iowa assessment, the support and services you get, you'll get the communication in advance of what you need to have technologically. You know, so you're, you enter the test ready to start taking it. You'll get all the codes, you'll get the schedule. And then you have your actual in-person proctor who is providing live responsive support to anything like as chris mentioned earlier okay if there's a technical problem she'll help troubleshoot there there are even times where we'll just we'll create a new test session and start it fresh for a student because the problem can't be troubleshot completely we'll just give it a fresh start or as Maggie said, if if there is a, a difficult moment where the student panics, because that's happened before. We've had students, um, it, it's especially the younger ones, when they're, they're not accustomed to that online format, they might panic. And we can say, you know what, let's, let's do this one later or start tomorrow. Um, I'm going to reset this test and, you know, and we'll, we'll get the parent on the phone and say, Hey, I think so-and-so is having a tough time. Let's try this another time or, or let's, you know, maybe they need a snack. Let's, let's stop and, and adjust this a little way. So, so we still have flexibility within that online portion too. And seeing them live on screen, you, you, you have a feeling you can, you can gauge how they're doing if they're frustrated or if something is is going wrong and we need to reset. So you can see them while they're taking their tests. Yes, and, and hear them, especially. Yeah. And we love it when they sing. It's so so many students they sing while they take that test. <laughs> da 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 a da da da. This number is twelve. Like it's it's so awesome to watch. That would be. So, we, we have that live in-person support for our online test. And then afterwards, 
once the testing three or the two days worth of testing are complete, um, we, we can get the results to them very quickly. So that's a little tip for any parent who might be under the gun to get something to their state or local government quickly. The Iowa test is the fastest. Now, when it comes to our Terranova test, the support we have is, is basically email communication to help clarify questions or help with some administration tips. Our testing at Colby.org is our primary way of getting in touch with us. You know, naturally you can also call Colby and ask for testing services and, and they'll patch you through. With Terranova, you will be sent the student booklets that you've signed up to take. You'll be sent a, a proctor's testing booklet or the, the, the teacher's booklet that instructs you how to proceed through that test. You'll get a how-to letter. You'll get some supplementary materials like a paper, paper ruler, and you'll get the answer sheet. And you know, a benefit that Colby offers is we put a return, paid return envelope in that shipment. So when you're done, you just slap it together and send it back without having to run to the post office and wait in line. Um, it's big. It's, yeah. it's huge. And I, and I think it helps. Like, like I said earlier, we don't care if we're taking a loss on this. We want that service to be available to our families uh, because it's important to them. So it's important to us. Once you receive that package and you've you read through the instructions and you have any questions, you just send me an email at testing at colby.org and I'll try to answer it to the best, best of my ability. If you have questions on how long you have to administer, when's your return date, anything, I'll get it to you. On the return side, once we receive it, I receive it, it gets scanned and I run it through our, system, our uh, grading system. It takes a little bit longer to do that because it's a, there's more of an analog, more analog pieces to the process. Yeah. But still, we strive for 24 to 48 hours to receive your results. It comes to you digitally unless you ask for it specifically to be mailed to you. Okay. With both of those tests, we provide an explanation of what you're going to see on the results paper, the, the results form. And if you need any explanation that's, if, if you can't discern exactly what something means, you can always contact us and we can walk you through it. Uh, like what, what does NPR mean, you know, national percentage or what does grade equivalent mean? Does that mean my fifth grader can go into 10th grade because he has a 10 here? You know, yeah. not, not exactly, but we, we will, we're standing by to advise families who have those questions. Okay. And before I forget, we, we did at one point with the online test, we, we test, tested a family um, separately this summer and we had some significant technical difficulties. We have been working on getting some protocols set in place that if for some reason uh, we are having either there's some internet connection problems or maybe uh, some some software difficulties. We have a secondary response for that where the student can take the test and we can still proctor via Zoom. So we are working through those protocols where we've seen enough difficulty so far. We have like, okay, well, this doesn't work. Let's, let's try uh, option number two, option number three. So we have done enough runs of the test where we've we've found some some interesting workarounds 
so people that are a little intimidated by the online process, we, we have hit some, some roadblocks ourselves and found some work, uh, workarounds that are, are actually were ended up being fairly successful. Mm -hmm. Maybe not workarounds, just alternate solutions. Alternate solutions. Yes. That, thank yeah. you. Much better wording. I don't want people to think we're just hacking this together. <laughs> we're not. It does not sound that way at all. We, no. we, we have a risk response order. You know, if you can't do this, you go to step two. If you can't do this, you go to step three. Our last resort is, an, you know, we're going to go off platform and test you while we're watching you on Zoom uh, and proctoring you on Zoom. So we, we've worked through a, a bunch of those just because everyone's technology in their home are, is different. So yeah. do you find that there are people who either think the online tests can either the greatest, the next greatest thing or can possibly work like rather skeptical about them? Well, Maggie, uh, you might have a little more, a little bit of an answer, but uh, what we have seen is, okay, what do you have? I'll take it. You know, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's online or paper test, I think a lot of students uh, these days in our culture are are fairly tech savvy and can handle that computer computer based test. But like I said before, my students uh, almost prefer the handwritten paper test. Uh, it, it's really a preference. Uh, I I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being just 100% one way or 100% the other. I think there's a little more a little more flexibility in today's educational environment. I don't know, Maggie, have you seen anything? In the last couple of years, I think more people have gotten more comfortable with, with online testing across the board because they're on classes for everything, you know? So that's, um, I mean, Zoom using computer technology, they're just so much better. I still see a lot of resistance with people who have little kids often it's the mm -hmm. the moms with the k to two kids are the ones or k to three maybe i've heard a lot of i don't let my second grader on the computer it's a principal mm -hmm. um just not going to do it it's just a family principle for anything or i don't think my third grader can handle doing this on a computer and you know often it takes just their fifth grader doing it on a computer for them to say, oh yeah, my third grader could have done that. So I think there is still, though, generally more concern with the little kids, K to three, probably. Um, after that, I haven't seen any any resistance to online tests, really, and especially as everyone's gone with tablets in school or you know computers in the home or classes, it's it's just easier for them, and they're not nearly as intimidated. I have to say one of the reasons was I had a situation once, it was funny, a little second grader was doing a test online and got to a question they didn't know. And so just clicked done with the test and, and went out because they didn't know that. That was as far as they could go. And it, was one, it wasn't one where it was a reset. It had to be retaken, so it was kind of done. So it was very frustrating. And you know, if you have an independent click around little second grader, I mean, I could see my son doing that. I'm done with <laughs> yeah. this. I'll go to the other screen. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I'm done. Yep. You know, you have you'd have to sometimes with some little kids you have to watch them carefully, like a hawk. It's great that you guys can see them too, but sometimes there needs to be someone right there in the room saying, "Don't touch that button." <laughs> 
Nice. No, Maggie, that's that's a great point, and and we encourage our parents to stay nearby, yeah, uh, because of that very thing. Hey, you know, hey, mom, it says this. Should I go on, you know, or should I click in test? No. And those are the type of questions that we get. Uh, and and luckily, you know, most of our students try to, even the younger ones try to type in the chat box to ask us things. Uh, but we can uh, we can hear them if they just say out loud, hey, I've got this question. Uh, I don't know the answer. And at that point, uh, for example, today I did uh, a couple of times say, um, if you don't know the answer, give your best guess and move to the next one. Uh, and if you think of it later, you can you can flag that question and just move on to the next one. And the, the system is built to where they're not just going to end the test, fortunately. And I'm sure there are a lot of testing platforms out there where there are some, some buttons they can push to take them down those wrong roads. But uh, ours is really built to where they they just go to the next question and can come back if they if they want to try to figure uh, figure it out later or just hey make your best guess and, and let's move on. But the point you made where a lot of families don't have their younger students um, having that exposure to technology to to iPads to uh, to laptops and all these things. My family is the same way. We we were a, a paper traditional homeschooling family. My kids they did not know how to how to click a mouse. They're like, okay, uh, I know I see my mom and dad on the computer, but we don't know how to use it. And I even had we had our our kindergartner take an online class last year. Our kindergartner, uh, we had a, a K two four and sixth grader. None of them with any computer experience get on there and take the online test at the end of this last year, and we're all successful. But like I said, that was our, our guinea. Yes, with our guidance. Um, you know, and obviously we're not helping them through their questions, but it's like, okay, this is how you use your mouse. This is, you know, step what, you know, ABC, this is how you select the right answer. And it was successful. So I can see the intimidation um, or, or a parent not being comfortable with having their student jump onto those online platforms, but uh, it really is very user-friendly. Yeah, it's it like it, especially the way you guys are, you guys have set this up, just having somebody there to talk to on the other end is really helpful yeah. for them. Right. Good. And it's a team effort because we um, we keep our phone lines open. And uh, a lot of the parents, if there are some any sort of technical difficulties, we're on the phone back and forth uh, until we can resolve whatever issues. Yeah, that's great. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, And I do think it is just a matter of trying it out. You know, it's this scary thing that they just have heard stories from somebody from you know 10 years ago and they just don't want to try it. But if they do, it's really not nearly that intimidating once you do it. Right. Sure. Uh, Bonnie, one of the things I wanted to include to this question is um, what we have, uh, what our past tells us with Colby is that our co-ops and, and affiliated schools like to use paper tests because they can do it in bulk. Okay. And we offer discounts in bulk as well. So if there are any co-ops out there listening, we have a huge stock of Terra Nova that we could send you whenever they're ready for, for uh, their testing season as well. Okay. That's good to know. I'm making a note to hear more about the co-op sometime and that's not part of this conversation, but that would be interesting to hear. So it's not, I was going to ask you later if it, 
Is it too late to sign up for testing this year? Oh, not at all. Okay. Colby Academy is homeschoolers are, are our jam. Those are, that's our people. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. the great thing about homeschoolers is you pick when your school year starts and when it ends and at what points you need, you feel that you need to test your students, if at all. So okay. if you're starting on one January, your new school year, and you're ready, ready to test right when everybody else is off on the summer or your school year is your school year. Okay. You schedule it how you want to, and we offer it year round. Good deal. Okay. So you've already made mention of some of the things that you can draw from the test results that families receive afterward. Anything else though, that might not have come up yet, what, what we can draw from these test results. With standardized tests, uh, you know, both Iowa and Terra Nova are nationally normed tests, which means that each of these tests have a, con- a control group that your students' results are being compared against. Um, if when you get your results back and you see something that is below the 50th percentile, which means your student did better than 50% of the control group's students, uh, whenever you see low scores at all, then you know that that's a place where you need to either reinforce with additional additional at-home instruction, or maybe during that test, you realize that the student was just clicking through the answers, or, or maybe it was the end of the day and they were hungry and they just wanted to get to lunch as fast as possible. So there, there could be any number of reasons, but if you, as the parent, are, are there and involved and re- recognize what's going on, you can interpret those scores based on how they performed during the test or just taking the results for what they are and reinforcing them after the fact. And I, I had just a couple thoughts there too. Um, two things kind of come to mind. One is I've had just situations where it, it is really good for the parent to be involved, just kind of building off that last thing that you were saying there, John. It's really interesting because I had a student once who had this, Um, test where they took it. And it was just, I saw the child actually bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. It was a paper test, happily bubbling away, like not enough time to read them and stopped the child. This is like third grader. You know, um, what, what, what did, are you reading it? Are you following directions? Well, you said, give my best effort. And this is my best effort. (laughs) And that was, uh, that was an interesting thing because you know, you're realizing like sometimes if you don't make enough of a big deal about it, it's like, okay, well, this is just kind of fun, but I just want to be done. So I have to bubble mm-hmm. these and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it was really a beautiful pattern being made in the little <laughs> bubble, but not, not a, you know, not what they're supposed to do. So it was really helpful to be there in the room because otherwise I would have absolutely panicked seeing results from that. Yeah. So with, especially if you have a child who's very laid back, with the testing and you and you're trying to keep it like a laid back atmosphere and you, you sometimes realize you maybe went too far that way and it's really no big deal so it's really important to have somebody actually watching those little kids and especially the little ones till they get that habit down and making sure they're they're, they're actually doing it the way they should um the other thing is that sometimes parents are afraid because they think i'm sending this test you know we're homeschoolers we do this on our own right and I'm sending this test to somebody else is going to see my my kid's score. 
And I can't handle that thought because I know my kid is struggling in this area or that area. So we're just not going to do it. And I just want to say there, it's so much nicer to do it for the first time when you're dealing with your school that you send your kids work into um, with people who understand and are there to support you because that problem isn't going to go away. If you don't want to deal with that, you know, you're going to have to face that with college tests um, eventually. So I just, it's another push for just doing it through your own, you know, having it as a school, it's really important. And knowing that people here are willing to, you know, reach out and help you, it, it help explain things and support you. And then nobody's that and say, well, that's it. Your, your child is a failure. You know, no, it's like, here are some things to work on. You really need to just kind of face that and deal with it in a positive environment. So that's, that's another thing, just really important to people who are afraid of the test. Don't be afraid. This is about the best environment and just getting those answers early on gives you a chance to work on it. Sure. If you need the things you need to work on. Nice when you're, the parents are, are, are so involved like on a daily basis. So you can kind of look at the, the results. I remember the kind of the famous, you miss one of the questions on the bubbles and aren't checking the numbers. And so all of your, you know, think, oh, my child's great with math, but then their score, their score is horrible. What happened? Well, you missed one question. All of your answers are off by one. So, oh, well, I guess we're <laughs> try again next time there, but no need to panic though necessarily right away. Yeah. Not, not at all, especially with our bubble form test, our Terra Nova. I, right now, I'm the only one who sees it. I do all the grading myself. So I'm going to look at it and say, okay, this, this student started to zigzag through the, this last portion of the <laughs> test. But it's just, it's just us. And Colby, Colby Academy doesn't report this to anybody else. We, we give all the results to, to the parent. And the parent does what they want to do with it. We'll, uh, another one of those services that we offer is we keep it on file for you in case you need to dredge these up. And if you're like in Oregon and need to go all the way back to your third grade test and you're already about to graduate, but <laughs> we'll, we'll keep them on record, but nobody else sees them. We don't report them to any other agencies. It's just to you, from us to you. You see some nice smiley face patterns coming in. You think, okay, I know what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, almost like confession in a way, needing that humility to approach something like this where, but at the same time, we probably see so many of them. It's, you know, you hear priests say, well, I don't even remember what they told me. And I don't remember, you know, in relation to the person, whoever it was, we have this fear of they're going to remember what I told them. Well, probably not. Is it, probably, is it a bit like that? Like, <laughs> I, I'm more worried about getting a successful upload yeah. to the grading software than I am looking at whether they did well or not. You know, after the fact, I'm like, oh, okay, here's what I'm going to tell the parent about this area and this area. But looking at it and trying to anticipate what the results are going to be, we don't have time for that. We, we just want to get the parents the results. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was really important to, to, say, to say that too. Just in some states, like I, I remember once working with a family in Pennsylvania who had to report a score. And they took the test locally at some school and it was reported and it was very low. And so they immediately had visits in their district with the superintendent. It was very scary. And then that got out through the whole homeschool community in the area um, that this had happened. And, in, and, you know, then people were afraid. So immediately I started getting questions from people about, well, if 
if I'm tested, who's going to see it, you know, like they want to have that control. And that doesn't happen. You know, that was because of where they took it in a particular hostile school superintendent, which can happen. And that was back in the day. But those stories get passed on. With with a story like that, Maggie, what I would tell that parent is just, if you're concerned about a low score, just give us a call. Yeah. You know, contact us at testing at Colby.org. And, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was a fluke. Right. Maybe we can just retest with a, with a different, uh, different form or at a different level. Yes. We're here to help. Yeah. See how that can kind of take on a a legacy where people pass that story and really find something to fear from there. Yeah. Let's talk about testing time, trying to set up the home environment for testing and thinking about maybe the timing during the school year and some, some other timing issues. When you register to take either of our tests, whether it's online or paper-based, the desired time that you put down on paper, if I want to take it on this date, that's going to fall within a norm testing window. So if it's, if it's sometime during the spring, what is going to happen is those spring test results are going to be compared against the spring norm group, the the control group, you know, because um, uh, these people who come up with these standardized testing and assessment metrics realize that at different times in the year, students do better in some subjects than others. Uh, Maybe as we're winding down for Christmas, they're just, the scores take a dip because they're excited yeah. to get out on Christmas break. Yeah, there, there's mm-hmm. any number of, of models that that could follow. So with Iowa and Terra Nova, they're broken up into trimesters, kind of. There's, yeah. a, there's a spring, there's a fall, and then there's a mid-year uh, norm groups. But what, what I would encourage our families to think about is, again, this is Colby Academy. We're a homeschooling family. Your your schedule is your schedule. So I wouldn't worry about what you're being compared to. I'd worry more about the type of test you need to complete and, and, and the results of that test. Uh, that being said, a lot of people look at th- those three periods as, you know, a pre-year test, a mid-year test, and then an end-of-year test to see how it establish a baseline going into the year, tracking my progress in the middle of it, and then seeing how I did at the end of the year and how, how that model looks, you know, whether it was an upward slope or whether I tracked off at the end. Um, that's what people generally do with their scheduling going into the year at the mid year and at the end of the year. In reality, all you probably really need, unless you just completely don't know what you should be doing as far as grade level and assessment, is an end of year test because that's where most of your states that do require specific times want it at the end of a specific year, but before the, the next specific year. Okay. Uh, Maggie, you may have a little bit more experience with uh, when to take it. Yeah. Well, I was just the last thing you were saying about the. Some have to take it at the end of the year. For a few states, at least it used to be the case that you had to take it in in certain norm groups um, for it to be counted. So that is something you'd want to look at. But I agree. And I think, you know, generally it is 
what's best for your family in terms of when you take it. We have a rule in our family, no March tests because of allergies. March is not <laughs> to test anybody with the, you know, um, so, so we will avoid March with the ones who have allergies, no matter what. Um, so that's our driving, you know, factor for when we're going to test. And we tend to test at the end of a year or at the beginning. I often will use two tests during a year for some often like a, like a CLT eight or something. If I have an older, you know, slightly older child in seventh or eighth, and then moving into whatever it is, Stanford, Iowa, you know, Terra Nova later in the year, just to give them two different tests. Okay. But we always avoid March and that's the goal. Smart. Well, and that's, uh, that's perfect how you can, um, you know, your, your own children and your students the best. So, and that's the flexibility of, of these tests, being able to administer them at home is you, you know, when your student is going to perform the best and, and that'll go back to, you know, what, what time of day, how, uh, to give these tests, you know, what type of environment do they work best in? Uh, I, I've talked to a couple families that their student works best uh, in the afternoon, which my, all my kids, it's, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. I've got one of them. She does her best work first thing in the morning, our youngest. She is our, our early riser and, and you can forget about doing anything with her after 10 a.m. Or later, especially later. <laughs> and you have some students that perform the best in the in the uh, you know mid to late mornings. So being able to administer your paper tests at home at, around your students' um, uh, peak learning time uh, and their their best time to learn uh, that's uh, that's amazing to be able to do that at home. As far as the online tests, uh, we're on uh, Pacific Coast time, so we want to be able to uh, offer. Uh, of an array of times for our students. You know, we also have students overseas that we have, we accommodate. We try to test, uh, like, for example, we're waking up nice and early in the morning to, to test some students that are across the ocean. And so if we want to be able to afford our families the, uh, that type of flexibility, it's like, okay, we know your student is not going to want to take the tests in the afternoon or in the evening, uh, or a student that might not be able to function very well in the morning. If we're doing a large group of kids, we try to offer a time that will work best for all of those students at the same time. You really thought of so many of the details that that are easy to get hung up on when trying to make all this get from we need to do testing to the testing is done. There are a lot of like stumbling blocks along the way. Y'all have really thought through so many of them and and made it easy for families to to get this task done. Well, it really does come down to the student because our that's what we're about. We're about making education accessible to all of our families and all of our students and, uh, and, and testing including, included. So if, if we can offer them uh, a certain time that will affect their environment and their uh, ability to test well, then we want to offer that. Wonderful. Are there things to keep in mind with regard to the testing space in the home and thinking out um, how you're going to space out the tests or do them all at once or considerations like that that are that would be useful for parents to to hear about as they're thinking through how to approach that. What do you think, Maggie? Yeah, you're testing several children, especially you have to think about the ones who are who might need a little you know parental uh, supervision during the test, but are sensitive to noise when you have lots of other children in the house. So yeah. you have to be careful with them. 
I've had to do different things with my little kids. If I have an older child, I can usually give them a quiet space, sort of, if I've had to proctor, be in and out, you know, seeing them, uh, give them an isolated, you know, room, working in a bedroom or something where it was quiet. But with some of my kids, it had, had to be at the kitchen table because I had little kids around. And I remember that being really a challenge with the ones who needed quiet. So headphones, okay. get them, a, you know, headphones that they can just put on like noise canceling headphones, face them away from the chaos. Um, and then if you need to, if that's not enough, you have to hire a babysitter or do it at a time when you have both parents available or, you know, an older sibling to watch the children. Cause it's not fair to the ones who, who you would normally who need that quiet to put them in that really loud environment, you don't, you're not going to see their best work. And so that's definitely been something I've always considered each child, their needs. And when I talk to families, it's, you know, think about how this child is going to work. Do, are they going to need a room with a lot of light, dark? It, that's actually a big thing for some of the kids. If it's really dark in the room, they don't do well. If it's a teenage boy, they probably do really well. You know, it's what you, they like the dark rooms. I don't know what it is about teenage boys, but darker the room, the better. So you find those little things that are going to help make it a, a good site. You make sure they're eating well beforehand and that you've thought about what this particular person's needs are for a testing environment. Okay. And being flexible around illness too. Um, because I've, I've, um, at one point I had one of my own children try to take standardized tests when she, um, she had a touch of the flu. This was many years back. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to need an extra couple of rest days before giving you this test. Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's a, a recipe for testing score disaster right there. <laughs> so making sure they're, they're, they're comfortable. And, and all of, all of those points that Maggie made are, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So every student needs a different environment, so they're going to, they'll perform at their peak. And the same goes for the, the online testing, too. They need that quiet environment, uh, especially for the younger grades. I know especially the K and first have a lot of, um, a lot of audio, uh, a lot of questions that are being read to them. So they, they need a room free of distraction, free of noise, so they can, uh, they can listen and focus in on the things they are hearing, and they can answer those questions appropriately. Yeah, I think that's actually K through two, that they're, it's audio-led. You get this uh, instruction that preempts the series of questions that you have to answer. You're now going to be testing on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what, what word rhymes with ball? <laughs> and they'll give a a list of words. So if they are current Colby online students in the online elementary school or the middle and high school, and would their, their typical online class setup, would that work for the testing setup? Or that's just probably something for everyone to evaluate in their homes, right? With the way that works. Absolutely. Uh, we do have some families that try to have their student test without a set of, uh, of headphones, for example. And that's one of the requirements that we send out or we preempt the uh, the test with like you you should have a good set of, of headphones with a microphone so um, a you can hear any audio instructions and b we can we can hear the things you're saying if you're asking someone on the sly hey what is yeah. what is nine times twelve uh, so uh-huh. so um, you know and and we don't expect our students to 
do anything like that. We just want to be able to hear them if they have questions. And, um, and, and having the headphones also leads to that noise cancellation. Uh, but some of those students, if they're not used to it, it might be a distraction. Uh, but just finding a, uh, finding a nice set of, of headphones is a, is a good idea for them. I think what's what's funny is there's some of the things that we've seen with, you know, try to keep your little siblings out of the testing space or in the animals and the dogs or if if, mm-hmm. if you're a or munch- parents or parents. Well, you know, if a parent takes a phone somebody call, on the phone, I remember that. Yes. Um, <laughs> the entire test. Uh, and it would be distracting for the tester. Um, just having that 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 quiet space is is huge. Yeah. What we are willing to put up with, though quite a bit because we can hear everything <laughs> is drinking slurping crunching on uh on some celery and carrots some open mouth chewing some open mouth chewing we'll, oh, we'll put up with it all just know that it's going to be hard to hear you if you have any questions <laughs> <laughs> okay great points lots lots of good stuff to to keep in mind and it's all very practical too and doable and Probably people have thought through a lot of these things with setting up their spaces for homeschool or online school, but it, I think it's worth going over it again for this type of thing since it's it's unusual. Maggie, you had a great suggestion as we were preparing this episode to include in this conversation, and that is the considerations for students with special education learning needs. So talk to us a bit about that when it comes to standardized testing for students with such needs. What we need to be thinking about and what you would have to say about that. Yeah. So first of all, there's a a real temptation I've seen with uh, parents who have children with learning uh, needs to say, oh, I'm just not going to test them because it's going to be stressful. So remember that it isn't because, you know, you can do just sections. So you earlier, you guys had mentioned that there was the family where it just was the math section that they had requested and that can be done. So first don't throw out the whole test because there are certain sections that you can't do at this time, you know, and that's, that's often the case with a child with a learning disability. Often there's some areas that they're at grade level and some areas that they're not at grade level. So you could take a test a grade level lower, but sometimes they, you want to kind of see where they are based on other kids, their level. Um, so there's always a, you know, balance there, but maybe try both, try something a couple levels below to just see how they're doing there. Like two grade levels below would be a good place to start. And then don't be afraid to take a test at their level, but leave out the sections that you just know are not going to work because why put the child through that frustration? That's not going to help anybody, but you still want the benefits of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is don't be afraid with like a paper test to, to document your accommodations that you've had to give to that child. For example, if a test is meant to be timed, but your child can't do it timed and you do it untimed, document that because when your student reaches 10th grade or 11th grade, you can actually go in and have the child tested with the battery of test um, with somebody who's licensed to do it. It can even be some like, you know, optometrist, ophthalmologist can actually do some of that paperwork for you. It doesn't have to be through the school district, though it can. And most school districts are legally required to do the testing. But when you get the test and you have a report saying what learning disabilities you have, the, the person testing will ask the parents in a homeschooling family what accommodations that child has gotten over the years. 
And you need to be prepared to speak to those things. My child has always gotten extra time on tests. I've always let my child use a calculator, whatever it is, because then they can put those recommendations into their report, which then you can turn around and send to, for example, the ACT or the SAT. And that will get you extended time on testing or a reader or large print or whatever it is that you might need among the options they offer. And so that's a huge thing. So if you have a child where you think college is a possibility, but testing is never going to be, they're never going to be able to do it the way it's, you know, it's set up for the ACT or the SAT, you can actually make those accommodations early so that they have that record. And then you can, you get that report. It always has to be in the last couple of years of high school. You can't get a report earlier and use it. You can get it earlier, but you can't use it. It has to be something that's done in those last couple of years, but you give all the accommodations and you get the extra time on the tests. And that's wonderful too, because that's not reported to colleges as a matter of fact. Okay. Wow. Um, The test result looks normal. It looks like everything they do not say this child got extra time. You can then go to the college if it's a college that works with accommodations and say, these are the accommodations my child got and you know needs extra help. But it's a really important thing. So I just wanted to urge people not to say, because I have a special needs child, that I'm not going to test. Okay. That's yeah. usually the only uh, conditions I think are things more along the lines of Down syndrome or things like that where it might not be doable, but for most students who have some learning issues, they can take those tests and, you know, in some accommodated fashion. Okay. So to uh, add on to that, those are all great points, Maggie. Mm -hmm. If there are any special needs testers currently on our forms, there's no place to write, Hey, I used extended time or I read questions. That can be communicated to us through email uh, as well. And I can go in behind the system and make those notes so it will appear on the report. With the Iowa test, I believe I can do the same thing. So just whatever accommodations were used, we can add that to the test results to start that record of his- uh, history. Paper trail. And that's so huge. That'd be wonderful. It's such a such a wonderful advantage for kids to have that. Okay. Are there things that have come to mind as we've been talking that you want to add to this? Colby Academy does not offer any prep, test prep. At this time, there just haven't been a demand for it. But but also, mm-hmm. this is this should be a measure of where your student stands at the time of testing. Okay. And in a way, test prep is going to fudge the results a little bit, you know, yeah. on an average day on on the students given grade level, given the same amount of time, how do they do that? That's the best way to set your baseline, in, in my opinion. But there are test prep materials that are out there and you could find on the web, yeah. uh, but we just don't offer them to we are looking into other types of tests like the cognitive aptitude test is something that tests how your student likes to take tests, something you can't study for at all. Anyway, it doesn't measure your, your tacit knowledge. It just, it measures how you take tests. Uh, we're looking into something like that in the future, but it's just not there for us yet. If you're, if you want to sign up for a test, the place to start is at colby.org 
uh, a drop down under testing services and it'll take you to a landing page where you have the Iowa, the Terra Nova, the classic learning test, and the national Latin exam as options. Okay. So you click on either of those, read about what those, those tests are. And once you find the one that you want to take, there's a link on each of those pages that will take you to the registration form. Great. That was going to be my question. How do we avail ourselves of these Colby testing services? And you, you beat me to it. So thank you. That's great. Okay. Maggie, it's been lovely meeting you and conversing with you. I hope this is the first of many conversations. John and Chris, it's always great to see you guys. Thanks so much for coming back to talk to us. Stephen, thank you so much for your help with this as well and getting this conversation going. You're instrumental in, in making this episode happen. So thank you for that. Thank you all very much. It's really been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having us. Maggie, it was so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks, everyone. Oh, sure. Thank you. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Colby Cast in your favorite podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.